It's already proving to be a difficult season for a large cross-section of Canadian businesses, from agriculture to manufacturing to mining, who woke up this morning to day two of finding themselves with no way of moving merchandise, either to receive it or to send it out. There are loud calls tonight for Ottawa to impose back-to-work legislation after CP rail trains came to a stop because of a work stoppage uh, that took place or went into effect early Sunday morning. Labour Minister Seamus O'Regan says negotiations between CP and the Teamsters Rail Conference Union, which represents about 3,000 train engineers, conductors and yard workers, continues with the help of a federal mediator. The dispute is over wages and pensions. The minister signaled so far he's not prepared to introduce a law that would end the work stoppage, although there's been a lot of calls for that already, given stretched supply lines and such. The minister faced a grilling during question period today from Conservative MP Marilyn Gladu. What will the government do to immediately address this situation? Canada's supply chains are still reeling from the B.C. floods from COVID-19 and now a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Canada, Canadians' best interests need to be prioritized. I am here in Calgary. I am urging the parties to reach an agreement. Our government is committed to ensuring the reliability and the efficacy of our supply chains that support Canada's economy right across all sectors. The problem is, for the time being, that was Labour Minister Seamus O'Regan, is there is no replacement for a freight train for many people out there. Given a rail car's large capacity, CP has a lot of exclusive access to some areas. So it means farmers, factories and consumers could face more disruptions, as the minister was talking about, in a supply chain already stretched thin and with inflation already at its highest in decades. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Barry Prentice, Professor of Supply Chain Management and former director of the Transport Institute at the University of Manitoba. Thanks so much for being here tonight. Oh, my pleasure. I, I know I was talking to someone on Friday, and, and the idea was this wasn't going to happen because it was just the timing was so awful that it couldn't happen. <laughs> were, were you surprised that it did? Actually, you know, I, I wasn't that surprised that it happened. I mean, I know that the... Uh, the railway had said they were ready to go to, to uh, uh, you know, uh, binding arbitration. The union didn't want to go to that. But, you know, the reality is that uh, if this does go on, uh, the past history has been that the government has forced everybody back to work. I can't remember the last time a, a rail uh, issue like this was settled uh, that went on strike that didn't have that result. So I suspect they probably were going along and saying, okay, this is the way it's going to work. The timing, though, uh, clearly we've heard it from everyone. The timing couldn't possibly be worse given all the different supply chain pressures that so many are already facing. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, the uh, the, the railways are still, I don't know how much recovering, but I, I was watching some of the data and the, the amount of traffic they've been moving has down this year from last year. And I suspect that's a lot to do with the floods uh, that we had in BC uh, in the fall. And also, of course, uh, just uh, the harsh winter we had out here, very hard for the trains to move. So uh, on top of that, of course, just we have had congestion and and problems in the ports. There's lots of uh, problems in the supply chain, and and this just adds to them. So what will the impact be uh, in the short term? I mean, we're on day two, it looks like we're going to go to day three. Uh, Where do you see the impact early on? Well, early on, uh, probably not too much. I mean, if you think about it, the the railways uh, move large volumes of products, sulfur, potash, uh, uh, metal minerals, uh, grains, and, of course, containers uh, and oil. Uh, and a lot of those things have buffer stocks. So, you know, they've got a, enough. In fact, the cattlemen were saying they've got two weeks of feed. Well, that's, that's not very much when you've got 
hungry cattle to feed, but you've still got two weeks. So if this ends within a week or so, things can come back to normal. I mean, it'll, it'll take a while to unwind because the, the freight is just still keeps coming and you have to fit that in with the other traffic you've already got. But it can, you know, be done without too much hiccups. But if it goes much beyond a week or 10 days, then I think it's a real problem. Yeah, how might that manifest itself if it starts to go? I mean, obviously the pressure's on. The minister's in Calgary where the two sides are ostensibly meeting. There's pressure from government, from opposition to do something. There's certainly pressure from prairie premiers to do something. Um, I can't imagine that uh, that this government's going to wait for too long. Uh, no, I can't either. I mean, uh, as you just put it out, I mean, there's pressure from all sides. Uh, the only parties that aren't uh, making an agreement are the, the railway and the union. So uh, I think they'll be under a lot of pressure to come to some conclusion and, and fairly quickly. Uh, they probably don't want to have a legislated uh, back-to-work order either. I mean, there is uh, the risk for the, the union that the government will finally get fed up and say, okay, we're going to make these guys essential workers, and that's it. Uh, they have said publicly that they're not going to do that, they don't want to do that, but you know, under enough uh, conditions like this, uh, that's the inevitable outcome, I think. One of the things that we were discussing last week, too, following the border blockades, although they were temporary, they were short, was the impact this has on Canada's reputation as an importer of goods, uh, where we've had a few different things happen over the last year or so, where if I was a customer sitting somewhere else in the world waiting for my Canadian goods to show up, I might start to wonder if I shouldn't start looking elsewhere. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is probably the the longer-term damage that this uh, strike has done, even even just having a strike, uh, because it creates uncertainty for people who are looking at our, our products. And, uh, and the railways are absolutely key to major export industries of those bulk materials that I mentioned earlier. So anything like this which creates uncertainty uh, causes the foreign buyers to say, well, you know, if I'm going to take this, I, I'll discount the price to look after any risk I have, I have to maybe find supplies someplace else. So it is bad for our reputation and, and it's not good for our producers either. I suppose when it comes to supply chain too, we're seeing other pressures, uh, whether it be the cost of fuel, whether it be, you know, we've talked at length about the lack of truckers. Uh, there really aren't any many, many alternatives at this point either for, for companies who want to even try to rush their stuff to, uh, to port or to market. Uh, that's true, and I'm glad you mentioned that cost of fuel because you know the railways also spend a lot of money on fuel, and so that they already have some cost pressures on them, as well as uh, as unions and or the or labor, I should say, and as a result of that, they're probably trying to keep their costs down because it does affect the traffic that you move. I mean, every time you the cost goes up a penny or two, there's a, at the margin there's some shippers that are taken out of the market, so. Uh, clearly, they are going to be trying hard to keep their costs down. Uh, I think there's also, you know, perhaps concern that this could be like a a, a wage-settling uh, marker. You know, uh, the government's probably a bit concerned that if, let's say that the union came in at a much higher than expected wage settlement, well, that might trigger all wage settlements across the country to say, well, we should get that too. Uh, this has happened before in the past. Uh, it happened with the Seaway uh, workers at one time, and it happened once with the post office in the 70s. So these kinds of, uh, of union settlements that then become a, a pattern uh, is something that they probably want to avoid. So if I'm a consumer 
in Canada, will we see the impact? And I am a consumer in Canada, obviously. Will we see the impact <laughs> of this uh, at any at any time soon? Well, you're not going to see it in the grocery store right away. That's for sure, because everything's delivered by truck. In the longer term, again, if it's a matter of of uh, disruption in grain, disruption in uh, livestock production, and so on, ultimately those costs will get passed on. But it'll take a long time, and you probably aren't going to actually notice that in the in a grocery store. Uh, I'd say that larger consumers, uh, lumber consumers, for example, for construction projects and so on, uh, if they have to see a higher price of lumber or they have to start trucking lumber because, you know, they want to get the project done on time, uh, that's when costs get, can get passed on. But again, it's all really a function of how long does this take to settle. The longer it goes on, obviously the more costs that, that will be implied. So is essential services declaring the railways an essential service? Is that, is that a long-term solution here, do you think? <laughs> well, at least it's a solution. I don't, it, I don't it is know one. if there is any long-term solutions to anything these days, but yeah. it certainly is a solution. And, and we get us around this, but mind you, of course, that may also then they say, well, what about the airlines? You know, because they also are a concentrated transportation industry, and they've been legislated back to work too. So, you know, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And that's probably one of the reasons they don't really want to go there. I'm that Barry Prentice, thank you for your insight. Much appreciated. Oh, my pleasure.